Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the <laughs> dance floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday, suckage. Time for suckage roll call. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad, they used to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Aloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys are not going to make anyway. You guys are suck. And when, when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. 
Steph Curry. We suck tonight. Terry Boars. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. St. John. Sucks to me. Ross Perot. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. Devin McCourty. Sucks to end the season that way. Nick Chubb. One of the things that stuck in that stuck to us when, when he came here, he said, you know, you got to embrace the suck. Pat McAfee. There are some commentators that f- suck out there. Nicholas Ehlers. Uh, yeah, uh, not a fun morning. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, Chris Ballard. And now we get we lose these last two games and we just suck. Giannis. We suck. Play bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Drew Doughty. Thanks for going through this. I know it sucks watching it, but uh, we'll get out there in a sec. Um... Mark Grody. Bueller. Bueller. Mike Esposito. Here, sir. There you go. <laughs> and we're ready to go. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil every game. Yeah, you want some? No. There you go. All right, putting on the foil 45 years ago yesterday, debut. Special day. Special day yesterday. Greatest sports movie ever made. There you go. Slapshot. I will disagree with that. I enjoy me as some Slapshot, but greatest sports movie ever made, probably. He's Mike Esposito, and he's wrong. 312-644-6767. Call him up and tell him that he's wrong. How are you, Espo? I'm great. It's good to see you. It's uh, good to be here, and uh, it's good to celebrate some slap shot. It's good to celebrate us some bulls and uh, their winning ways the other night in exciting fashion. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's everything is good. The sun is shining. It's almost March, although we should be having baseball already. We can talk about that. Yes, spring, that does spring training open today. That, Oops, <laughs> oh, yeah, babe. Right. And, and listen, I love prospect stories as much as anyone. So tell me about all of your prospects, Cubs and Sox. But when all we have is prospect stories, Mm-mm. that's trouble. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We are broadcast. me and Espo are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We have a tech zone. The number is 312-644-6767. The tech zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Our guest line, our guest, look at, we have guests lined up today. Cody Westerland will be here to talk bulls at 1140. At 1220, Sully will be here. Paul Sullivan, he will be at his curmudgeonly best. He'll be here at 1220. Before that, we will replay parts of the Ian Happ interview that uh, Bernstein and Rahimi did with the the Cubs player, the Cubs uh, union rep, and some really good stuff. I mean, if you ever... If you're rooting against the players in this, you're an idiot. That's what I got to say. Because the owners are the bad guys. They're evil. They're deceitful. And we'll explore that more later on. At 1240, Mark Grody. Hey, I've heard of him. This is his show. He won't be on this show, but he will be on this show. He's not on the show. Espo's on the show. Grody was in for Espo, who was in for Grody, who was in for... Jordan Burnfield, maybe. He's doing a play-by-play game Wayne Randazzo. He's doing Mets now, so... You've graduated. Yeah. Brian some... Peruk, who's You've... now coaching Little League with Mike Esposito. That's right. That's right. Here we go. So, And we're all in for the chat champ, Dave Bell. 
who was live, uh, doing well. We chatted a couple months ago. Oh, good. Well. Yeah, we that's had wonderful. Had a good talk, doing well. And at one o'clock, Eric Hasseltine. Right? Did I get that right? Cesar Perez, our producer? Eric Hasseltine will be here. He's the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. He is the he is the the voice of John Morant. He will be here. We will talk at one o'clock. We'll talk Bulls and Grizz because they will play tonight right here on these very airwaves. We are home to your Bulls. Uh six forty five is the Swirsk, his pregame show, tip at seven. And then Mike Esposito, who is one of, you know, the Bulls claim to have a deep bench. Yeah. Our Bulls pregame, halftime, postgame show, we have a deep bench. Sure. We're right there with I'm, them. I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, I did uh, Thursday night. I believe Campy, Rick Camp has tonight. I doubt, uh, I'm not sure if he will be in studio, but he will do the postgame show. Because that's just the way he rolls. And the, 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 oh, well, I this thing is a mess. I'm using my computer. We have, I, you, just, you, I just want to say <laughs> this. Zach Levine is right. Zach Levine is right. That's not why he's going to get more than $200 million. He's going to get that because he's terrific at basketball. Remember when he went to the All-Star game? I do. I did not want him playing. I don't mind if he shot. I agree with you. Point. It's just 100%. awful that he played. But that's not why he's right or wrong. What he's right about is that he and DeRozan, the DeMar DeRozan, are the best duo in the NBA. The stats will tell you that. You look at the unpredictable.com, and I'm trying to find that because I I hit the wrong button, as I want to do here. You are the captain of technology. We know that. Yeah. And the, the website has created a... Created a metric. Doesn't everybody have their own metric? And it's updated after every game. And it's the win player probability. Win probability. And each player is rated on that. So, DeMar DeRozan, this is after last night's games. right? DeMar DeRozan, okay. his WPA is 9.38. Who do you think is second? And what would the number be? I'm going to go with Giannis. And I have no reason to guess, and let's go with seven. Okay, Giannis is seventh Okay, at 4.41. So I was off on the number. On everything. <laughs> Second is Steph Curry. Okay. You've heard of him. He yeah, was in our soccer roll call. So DeMar DeRozan's WPA, according to Unpredictable.com, this win probability added is 9.38. Steph Curry is second at 5.73. Holy cow. He's not even second. Nobody is second. No. What happens is you have Giannis barely ahead of Zach Levine. Just roll that around. Yeah. What win predictability, what win probability takes into consideration mostly are um, turnovers, shots, efficiency, turnovers, and um and and scoring obviously, but there's other parts of it too, which includes the rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and and like that. So that's the what what you would expect of that kind of player, almost an MVP. Mm-hmm. What where are your? How much more does your team benefit? What would you bring to a team? Your win, the win probability with you in the game. Zach Zach Levine is eighth. 
he and DeMar DeRozan are the two highest-ranked teammates. They are the best duo in basketball because once you go down this list, DeRozan, Curry, Jokic. See, there's your MVP favorite, reigning Jokic, MVP. Yep. He's third. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, who is just see, this is where he could tear things up. Yep, from here on out with James Harden, yeah, and and they did last night. Yep. Yes, they did. Carl Anthony Towns, what a thing he is. Yep, and they Carl Anthony Towns, they beat John uh, ja Morant and the Grizz last game, so the Grizz will come in tonight against your Bulls. A little angry. Then Giannis, I'm sorry. Then Patty Mills, and Giannis, and Zach Levine. He's eighth. Malik Monk, and LeBron James. Couple Lakers there making out, making up the top ten. So Zach Levine is right; they are the best duo in basketball according to that metric. Do you remember? I'm sure you do. Back at the beginning of the season, when people were worried about who was going to have the ball at the end of games, in other words, who was going to take oh, all yes. those shots. You remember yes. that? I love and and listen. Of course, he's. Having a great season. He's uh, everyone's favorite bull right now, and nothing against Zach Levine. I love watching DeMar with the ball in his hand at the end of games and just doing his thing, getting to his spot. You know, sometimes he's going to he's gonna pivot one way. Sometimes he's going to pivot the other way. Sometimes he's going to head fake and go under you. I mean, just, it's a thing of beauty. It really, he is outsmarting his opponents to get his shots. It's beautiful to watch. I love it outsmarting by simply taking the shot that's there. Yeah. The mid-range shot. Because so so much we heard a lot of that on this station, that you either get a layup or you take a three because three is worth more than two. Mm-hmm. So what's the math now when DeMar DeRozan is showing you that two is worth two and maybe a foul and he can do it one on four and he's in, and he must be shooting like 110% from the free throw line. I think he was 15 of 21 from the floor last night including some threes, but he, he's mainly shooting that mid-range jumper, as we all know. But, I mean, his shooting percentage is so good, and he's getting his shot. He's not taking bad shots. You could say that very clearly about DeMar DeRozan. He is not taking bad you don't You don't look at a DeMar DeRozan shot and be like, oh, man, he should not have taken that. That does not happen. He works for his shot, and he gets it. And makes it. And makes it. Most, more often than not. He's efficient. Yes. He's accurate. You trust him. And there was a thing that uh, Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago had written about clutch minutes, and I don't have the entire breakdown of that. Just Rob's good. Rob has credibility. Believe what he says. So DeMar DeRozan in 99 clutch minutes this season. He has 120 points. That's second in the NBA. His field goal percentage is 55.6%. That's like amazing. That's that's the Packers sweep. You know he's going to get the ball. You know what stop he's going to do, mm-hmm. and you can't stop it. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> His free throw percentage is eighty-eight point nine percent. I thought it was. I thought it was both, frankly. I, I mean, I thought it was higher than that. But um, he, they're both his field goal percentage and his free throw percentage are first in that. In those clutch minutes, he has sixteen assists against three turnovers. And you are his free throw percentage was higher. He had a bit of a cold streak from the line right before the All Star break. There was one game he missed like six of fourteen free throws. But anyway, he's back to making his free throws as you knew he would. Um, but that is uh, that's that's those those are big man numbers, right? If you're shooting fifty five percent from the floor, you're shooting from like two feet away. But he's not shooting from two feet away. No, he's shooting from fifteen feet away, where everybody said, "No, no, no, you can't do that." Oh, really? You can shoot yourself into a MVP candidacy.
Our, our friends from the 815 are texting in. And uh, after the suckage roll call, they wanted to let us know that this show sucks almost as much as Rob Manfred. Yeah. Not, not there yet. We're, we're not there yet. We're, Rob, we're, we maybe by two o'clock. We'll, we'll, be there, we'll discuss Rob Clownfred <laughs> later on. Yes, we will. Uh, forgot Bubba Wallace post Daytona. Really? Did we have, did you see this 847 text, Caesar? Forget, forgot Bubba Wallace post Daytona 500 interview. According to him, it sucks. How are we missing Bubba Wallace? We're big Bubba Wallace fans here. Looks um, like we have another addition there we're going to have to uh, add. Well, the more that we can add, see, here's the advantage to do finding all of that. The more we might be able to take up a full segment I think with so. roll call, and That's there'll be, be less the of us talking sports and making idiots <laughs> of ourselves. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Is that phone call on line one? Is that somebody who wants to tell Espo he's an idiot for not loving Slapshot the way I do? As number one sports movie of all time. What is that, Caesar? Hello, Caesar. You with us or is Bruce Levine still telling you? Here. I'm going to screen him and uh, we'll figure out what he wants to <laughs> oh, say. Oh, you have no idea what he's about? Mystery the, caller. The phone rings and that's it. All right. Well, it's a very at efficient, least somebody's efficient listening. Operation and the score to listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Here's something else that people may want to call in. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I have, I'm going to take the long way to a topic, but it involves, it eventually comes back to the Bulls, to, to basketball dynasties, and we'll do that in a moment. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. It's Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to, and it's a privilege and an honor, and we just can't, we, we, some, we simply cannot do it better than Rob Clownfred and the deceitful baseball owners, but we're trying to help. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio, 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. 108-107, Atlanta throws it, foul line left, got it, got it, foul, DeMar DeRozan with the hoop, the harm, and one. DeMar DeRozan has 36, looking for more, and the Bulls lead 109-108 with 15 seconds left. Chuck Swirsky calling the play-by-play as he will tonight. Bulls and Grizz, Chuck's pregame show is 645. We will talk Bulls and Grizz with Cody Westerland at 1140 today and with Eric Hasseltine. Team. Team. Kind? Somebody tell me. Oval right. team. The voice Hassle of the team. Memphis Grizzlies. Teen. Teen. He will teen. be here to talk to Smells like Hasseltine spirit. Yes. Okay. So we'll be doing that. In the meantime, um, in this segment, okay, so um, I'm going to take the long way to this topic um, on a dark desert highway. Cool wind in my hair. Ooh. Eagles. Mm-hmm. Smell of politas rising into the air. 45 years ago Monday, by the way. This is a big this is a big week 45 years ago. Okay. Slapshot and the release of Hotel California. I did not know the Eagle. I knew Slapshot. I did not know Hotel California. There you go. So for a Valley Boy, and this week I saw Licorice Pizza. And? Do you know what Licorice Pizza is? It's the PTA movie, right? Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. And it's great. It's my it's where I grew up. I grew up in the valley. I'm it, a valley boy. Oh my it's god. Right, it's right in your wheelhouse. So if we still had movie reviews on this show, we would have movie reviews. Well, we're reviews. gonna have one. It's really good. He's <laughs> he's terrific as as a director and capturing all that. And it's the movie I could identify. You know what do you know what Licorice Pizza is a euphemism for? No. A vinyl album. Oh. 
I like those. I have yes. those. There was a record store named Licorice Pizza in in the valley. LP, I get it. Sure. So, okay. So it was it was licorice pizza, right? It's licorice is black and yep. like a pizza. Yep. And yep. they do this, and I can identify far more with this. By the way, Badly Cooper as John Peters, a spectacular turn in this movie. Okay. I'm gonna have to and see this And it was this all now. the things I lived through. Yep. And including interview one of the politicians in there. The real version of this politician. It's just it's amazing. And I loved the movie. I'd not been in there and had buttered popcorn. It's first movie in like two, three years, right? We've uh-huh. been, so speaking of movies, come March 6th, this is the long way I took to this. Right? Okay. March 6th, HBO Max will be debuting a story about called Winning Time, the story of the Lakers dynasty. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a movie. Yep. Will you watch this? I watch it. Yes. I will I make a point to not miss it? Not really. But I I would like if it were on, I'd watch it. But I'm not going to like set aside time to watch it if that makes sense to you. I hate these things. <laughs> and it's not because I this was part of like the Eagles and Licorice Pizza and there's my feckless 70s and then in my feckless 80s I lived through this. I uh-huh. had I was proximate to Magic Johnson and Jerry Buss and sure. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and and Pat Riley and Pat Riley's famous famous quote while he was sitting next to Chick Hearn before he became the legend coach mm-hmm. was talking about the lack of physicality and this would be a precursor to what he would do as the thug coach of the Nets Knicks, right yeah. yep Knicks yep so he was it was a famous cut out there of Pat Riley saying, I've seen more pushing in the men's room. <laughs> Swear to God. That's what Pat Riley said, sitting next to Chick Hearn, the legendary Laker broadcaster. So I hate these things. Uh-huh. And here's and it's even more acute now, and maybe Bulls fans feel this way. Maybe you feel this way. We watched The Last Dance, and you know, we have geographical bias. This of is the team, the, the best player we ever saw. This is the team we saw win a dynasty, two three-peats. Yep. And I would much rather watch the real Michael Jordan than a fake Magic Johnson. I don't want somebody acting as Magic Johnson. Somebody Correct. acting as Jerry Buss. Somebody. That's, that's got to be John, that's John C. Riley, right? Isn't it? I, I As Jerry Buss? It sure looks like him. It is. All right, Caesar's giving me a thumbs up. I, I, I don't know, and I don't. It totally look like him. Because when I hear Jerry Buss, I, I'm. Interviewed the man, know the man. Yeah, exactly. I've interviewed Jeannie Buss. Um, she's a former Playboy playmate, uh, bunny. She was uh-huh. a Playboy bunny, and her and Jerry's sister was a Playboy bunny. So Jerry had a predilection for this kind of stuff, that for women. And Scott Osler, who is a L.A. Times columnist, San Francisco columnist, he worked for the National, had a great line when I was uh, at Sport Magazine, and he had written about Jerry Buss. He says. And he's talking about the maturing of Jerry Buss. He will go out with a woman these days, but no longer ask if she has a younger sister. (laughs) (laughs) So I... The Showtime era. Now, that would have been fun, I would imagine, to have been there, experienced it as it was happening. I mean, we experienced it from a distance, and I, as a younger kid at the time, going through it, right? I mean, I was... As Jordan, Jordan was the perfect, he came in at the perfect time for me. I graduated high school, or I was was in my high school years as they were battling the Pistons. 
And then the, the first... evil dreaded oh. dirty pistons. And there was nothing better than those games, even in hindsight, as they were losing some of those series because it built you up to the next year when you'd eventually win and then you'd win those titles. Mm-hmm. So I'm the perfect age for that. The Showtime Lakers, that was my introduction almost to professional basketball. You know, when you used to get a national game on TV like once a week or whatever, it was always the Lakers or the Celtics or them playing each other, mm-hmm. it seemed like. So that was outside of the the Bulls who were terrible before – Jordan game there, and then they were terrible even for a little bit when he was there. Those were your teams, Lakers-Celtics, right? And and then Jordan kind of carrying the Bulls. We had the Pistons, uh, I guess, regionally, but I was never a fan of any of those. But Magic Johnson, boy, you could root for Magic Johnson. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird, same thing. Right. It was, it, and those were the, my mother, who never, she was a big Dodger fan because of Sandy Koufax. So we, we had the Jewish pitcher. She's a big Dodger fan. But Never fancied herself. I never saw her as any uh, sport, a fan of any other sport. But she would get so mad at Kevin McHale. Oh, oh he's so dirty that he's such. <laughs> how could he do that? My mom's getting mad at Kevin McHale during the Lakers Celtics. I mean, it it, it re- helped revive the NBA because they had this le- the cross country rivalry, and it was regular, and it was two two classic teams, and it was a lot of the '60s being played all over again when. Celtics became legendary, and then the Lakers did. Uh, but really what happened was the NBA became a, a legend, be, be, helped this along, and Michael Jordan was helped along, when they stopped calling traveling and carrying over. Carrying, for sure. Right. So they stopped calling all of that, and then they started refereeing it harder. So they made Michael Jordan what he could become, and, mm-hmm. and he was allowed to fly as opposed to get – Clotheslined by the mm-hmm. by Bill Laimbeer and the rest of those thugs. Yeah, so that was what happened then. But you had such a thing that in L.A. you have to understand that it wasn't like here. Michael Jordan was the, the players were the biggest the the biggest names the stars the celebrities they were on the court mm-hmm. when you were watching sure. your Bulls. Yep, not in L.A. Nope. See, sports in L.A. competes with with Hollywood. It competes with movies, TV, rollerblading, SPF 15, <laughs> In-N-Out Burger. And and here you have two celebrities. You're right. You have Thin, sure. Oprah, thin Oprah and Fat Oprah. <laughs> and, and didn't we just see this like this year? The Rams. Nobody cared about the Rams. They won the Super Bowl. Until like, there yeah. was one game left. Until it was a Super Bowl. Right. So you would have, this is the way the Lakers would play. They're, they're, you watched the finals. We always watched the finals. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you saw there was Jack, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Dustin and Denzel, all the one name. All of your people. courtside guys, yep. And then we even got to know Lou Adler. He was the guy with the white beret sitting next to Jack. <laughs> yes. And you know how big they were that this was this was Lakers, Celtics. This was Magic and Bird, mm-hmm. Kareem and Chief, and Worthy and McHale. These these were the, the biggest names, yep. not not named Dr. J and Moses J. Malone, yep. right? This was in the final. And into the garden, the old garden with a parquet floor. During a Lakers practice, walks Jack. He never consented to an interview. But at that final, he needed to sell a movie 
called the Witches of Eastwick. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Jack made himself available to this. Oh, no to the way. Me- yes, to the media. He walks <laughs> in. It's the only time he did that because he ne- and and he was at every really like every sure. finals. And there was when the Lakers played. I can't remember which it was. Not the Lakers when the Bulls played Utah. One of the last two finals, and I should know because um, it was when Gene Siskel had had brain surgery. Okay. He had developed the tumor. He had had the surgery. And I'm standing there with tar- Terry Armour at halftime of one of the games. We're talking, and up walks Gene. He's got a ball cap on. It. Oh, my God. He was like two months out of it, whatever yeah. it was. Gene, what what gives? Uh-huh. And Gene says, they weren't going to win one without me here. <laughs> and Gene was having, and how he got up to us, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, we're on that, the, you know, the uh-huh. level where the they they opened up a bunch of rooms for sure. the, the media workroom, yep. and and it's on on the level where Gene's seats were at the on the floor level. Yep. So it's not like you're walking anywhere; you don't have to traverse any steps. Right. But he still needed help. So we're halftime's almost over. We're still talking with him, me and Terry Armour late Terry Armour, and up walks the guy who's going to help Gene to his seat. And I said, I know you. You're Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and it was. Jack no Nich- kidding. Jack Nicholson is helping Gene Siskel to his seat. And, I, and he just grunts at me and Terry and grabs Gene, not grab him, not to hurt him, but takes Gene's Escorts arm. Escorts him, yeah. Yes, and they're off. There's Jack Nicholson. But when he's selling a movie, Lakers Celtics and is uh-huh. the biggest thing going. Uh-huh. There's Jack Nicholson walking into Boston Garden that's, to give interviews for the Weast- Witches of Eastwick, which I never saw, and I'm assuming was bad. But I, I, I just I remember it as a, as a movie thing. I believe Cher was in that, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh huh. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer, and I'm not sure who the third witch was. Don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, the and one thing that you'll appreciate my Hotel California story. So. My dad had very few record albums. He 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 was he was not a record buyer. He had a handful of things. He mm-hmm. had he liked his electric light orchestra. My mom had the Grease and Saturday Night Fever, but their record album collection was probably about fifteen albums. So was, when I'm was a kid, mom a beauty school dropout? No, but she would listen to it all the time. So. <laughs> I love that song. Between that and Saturday Night Fever, the soundtrack, I mean, those songs are ingrained in my brain. I need from a white what I was suit. Looking. I got to get my white but suit. But my on. point being, one of the only albums, and I like the Grease soundtrack and whatever, but one of the only albums that I as a kid would listen to repeatedly because I liked it, and therefore it became my first, one of my first albums that I ever really knew was Hotel California, because my dad had that one, and I would listen to it as a child. And you could check out, but you could never leave. <laughs> could never leave. Check out any time you want, but I, you could never leave. And as I got older and got back into vinyl, I have all of his old albums. So I have his Hotel California album at my house. So you've proven to be a prisoner of your own device. <laughs> Yes, right. I have. We're going to take a break from these <laughs> irrational song lyrics. He'll be oh, back. before we do, be back later, do you, before we do, do you want to tell Julie Swico over the air what your favorite sports movie is? Hi, Julie. Yes, uh, Field of Dreams is my vote. Uh, thank you for texting. And uh, Rosie, she says hi, and she also mentioned Bull Durham, which is a very good call as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't. I did not want. I'm sorry. I did not mean to cut you off. No, I didn't think I did. <laughs> 
and then when we're talking about it, Julie, he couldn't even name it. He had to winnow it down. Now he's just lying. I'm not. Susan Sarandon was the last witch of Eastwick, apparently. Well, that was typecasting. Okay, we're going to move along, and Cody Westerland's going to be here to talk about the Bulls. We're not going to talk about the last dance or winning time. We are going to talk about DeMar and Zach, and they are the best duo, according to the win probability metric. And they need to win. They need to beat a team that, according to 538, ranks the Grizzlies better and higher and greater chances than the Bulls. So we'll talk with Cody Westerlund, who covers the Bulls for us, the score. He's Mike Esposito, and whatever random movie he can think of is his best <laughs> favorite sports movie. Me, I'm Slapshot, Slapshot at Stevie Rose. Yeah. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. This is Sports Radio 670, the score. Chicago's sports station. Young holding and looking and play to Gallinari. Gallinari with a ball fake. Comes up shooting, 21 footer left wing, no. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. Six in a row for the Bulls. 112-108 over Atlanta. As DeMar DeRozan, 37 points. 15-21 from the floor. Make it eight straight games of scoring 35 or more. Shooting better than 50% from the field. That's Chuck. Gonna have to, what's going to happen when the Bulls win the NBA title? Chuck's dance after the final finals game will be epic. His Twitter It will dance. have to be, I mean, NORAD will have to <laughs> find him out and wherever the Hubble telescope may not be powerful enough to track him down. He was so excited after DeRozan's go-ahead bucket the other night that the United Center lost all power for five minutes and then uh, it came back on for the end right. of the game. That's right. I love, I love Chuck. Oh, I, I worry about his health. I just want him to be good and <laughs> strong for all that. Welcome in, welcome back. <clears throat> and remember, I suppose some dance to remember, some dance to forget. <laughs> I think we're going to get lyrics from Hotel California for the rest all of the show. Of them. All of them. All of them. The best part is you can pull them from just like that, like from different parts of the song, just left and right. That's right. And here, here, here our next guest is one of the pretty, pretty boys that we call friends. <laughs> He's Cody Westerland, and he covers the Bulls for the score. He's just on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Cody, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. I uh, I share your sentiment about Chuck. He's been fired up lately during this, this winning streak, but I'm also slightly concerned about his health if the Bulls, if DeMar does hit like a game winner in the playoffs or something. Like, I feels like sometimes he just he might explode you know with excitement but, I, I, uh, I wonder about fun. I wonder about like if we get this in February what yeah. I worry about say a series clinching first round series clincher and then oh my god would would there be any part would they need dental records to identify <laughs> what's left of like, Chuck? I love the enthusiasm and I love the dancing I just want him to be around to do that can you imagine if Chuck like called the shot Jordan shot over Elo? Oh boy, like that's just really fun to to think about. It would be amazing. I mean, the call's already great, but thinking about Chuck doing it would be would be insane. I hope he gets that. You know what we should do? I, I've never asked. I don't think we've asked Chuck. Maybe you have, Cody. And and it, these are things that come up not on the air, but you talk about with with broadcasters. You talk about a lot of things like what's your greatest call? What do you remember most? What's the Somebody says great call and what passes 
What, what's the snapshot in your mm-hmm. mind? And I would love to ask Chuck that because didn't he call Kobe's 81, right? I when he was so. Toronto, and he certainly called Vince Carter's, get whatever Vince was doing. Yep. And now he's calling he's calling DeMar DeRozan, who passed Will well, Chamberlain in this streak, right? Yeah. And, and, Cody, think about this, too. I know, and I happened to do postgame for both of these games back in December, the, the back-to-back three-point game winners – on back-to-back nights, I mean, that was we we played those a million times. Those those were excitable moments there. The, they were amazing, and the the way it's going, I mean, those are two signature moments for Demar's MVP case at this point, and I guess Thursday night was as well, kind of closing out the Hawks. But it's just been it's been a spectacular season from him, and Demar and the Bulls have given Chuck plenty plenty to be excited about in this six-game winning streak. So they play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Grizzlies coming off a loss in Minnesota where where Cat was doing what all kinds of cat things and it's like you know what? He is such a good story, by the way. I'm I'm digressing. Carl Anthony Towns is such a wonderful story and such a, a heartfelt story. Sure. It's like it's almost like it's a Hallmark channel movie of the week and he's somebody you really root for and all and he's leading the Timberwolves over the evil dreaded Grizzlies. And they're coming in here now. Do you have any idea the health of John Morant, who left the game and came back the other night, well, and will factor big today, tonight? He he should be good to go. He was not um, in question on the injury report when it was posted last night. I don't know if anything's uh, changed, but it sounds like um, Josh should be ready to go. I can I can check that for you guys if if you want here, but it's. Like you said, it's going to be a really exciting matchup at the United Center. I mean, the Grizzlies are third in the West, and just having an absolute breakout season um, and have been spectacular. Desmond Bain, we saw him in the All-Star festivities a little bit, too, um, on All-Star weekend. And I just looked, and yep, um, Josh should be good to go. He's not listed on the injury report for tonight after getting banged up the other night. So, uh, like I said, I mean, we saw Io guard uh, Trey Young really well the other night. He's going to have another really tough task tonight, staying in front of Ja. Um, who's one of the most explosive guys in the NBA. And this, this is a good test for the Bulls because, look, they, they're on a six-game winning streak, but those first five didn't come against teams that were a tough competition before the All-Star break. And the Hawks also are not the best of the best in the uh, East, obviously, even though they've been playing better lately in recent weeks and have a really good offense. So this is where it seems like it starts getting harder for the Bulls against Memphis tonight. Got Miami coming up Monday night. And this is where they have to keep their heads above water just a little bit here uh, as they keep playing and everything. So I, I'm excited. The Back in January, the Grizzlies handled the Bulls pretty well in Memphis for the most part. So I, I think we'll get a better game at the United Center tonight, though. Yeah, and, and Cody, I wanted to ask you about DeMar, too, because you mentioned his MVP candidacy. And certainly he's got to love and feel the love when the United Center crowd starts chanting MVP at him. And even on some of the road stadiums, we, I believe, have had MVP chance for DeMar. But... Not only is he scoring, and not only is he leading the team uh, field goal percentage-wise, he also leads, is tied with Lonzo Ball, I actually just checked this, in assists, too. So he is not just scoring. He's, he's doing a little bit of everything. He's been, again, just spectacular. But Billy Donovan talks about this all the time, the way he plays within the game, right? Like, Io DeSumo made the comment the other night I thought was really good. Like, DeMar knows when he needs to be selfish. And the other night, for example, it was the last minute of the game when he needed to be selfish for the Bulls. Like, 
the Bulls' offense had bogged down. They didn't have a field goal for over four minutes, kind of late in the fourth quarter. And then he went to those two isolation plays, which Billy kind of directed, obviously, and called to get him in spots on the floor where he could be in isolation. Uh, that was kind of the, the thought in mind. But DeMar doesn't just, like, isolate for the sake of isolating no reason. Like, that's within the system of what they're doing, the Bulls. Uh, Billy stresses this all the time. They need to cut at the right moments. Um, when DeMar has the ball, they need to um, just go to a new spot on the floor, even if it's behind the three-point line, switch it up. Like, he doesn't want anyone standing around. And DeMar seems like the Bulls, and, and he seemed like they really know what they're doing now. Like, Zach Levine's playing very, very well off DeMar DeRozan as well now that he's back healthier with that knee. But it's a case where early in the year, it's like we're looking at the Bulls' defense, right? Like, that's a top five, top ten defense for long stretches with Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Those guys have been out. The Bulls have plummeted to around 20th in the NBA in defense. But they're a top five offense, and they're kind of what we expected them to be before the season, just the identity of the team, the offense kind of carrying the load a little bit more. And DeMar's doing that. Zach's playing well off of him. And then uh, Vooch has just been much, much better over the last month or, or six weeks even. So uh, it's coming together on the offensive end for the Bulls, and Billy really wants them to improve defensively. That's where his concerns are right now. The expertise you hear is presented by Cody Westerland. He covers the Bulls for us, for the score. And, Cody, the point you make about the defense, it, it, DeMar's, DeMar DeRozan is not leaving the court. His offense will always... He he will they will give him every chance to outscore his defensive liabilities. But Vooch is another case in point, another consideration with Tristan Thompson there. So I don't know if Billy Donovan do you think Billy Donovan is going to face any kind of epic question about what to do with Vooch at the end of the game with Thompson here, or how do you think that's going to play out? I don't think it will be a big crossroads or anything. I think Vooch is going to be in that closing lineup um, pretty much no matter what. I mean, if you're talking about offensive, defensive substitutions here and there when there's dead balls or you got a couple timeouts in the last couple minutes of a game, sure, he could put Tristan Thompson in for Vooch. But I, I don't foresee any scenario in which Vooch is not closing games for the Bulls ever. And that's because he's playing so much better on the offensive end now but also because their half-court offense needs Vooch. Like, it really does. DeMar's been so good in isolation, but you've seen a few times where teams run a second defender at him or overload the floor. We even saw it on Thursday a little bit against the Hawks where the offense bogs down a little bit. And if Vooch isn't on the floor to stretch the floor, to get the ball around the elbow and, and keep the ball moving, like he's certainly a capable passer, smart guy on the offensive end there, seeing everything. In addition to now he's starting to punish people around the rim more. His two-point percentage has skyrocketed here over the last month, just how he's finishing um, better, better, closer to the basket. Like They need him on the offensive end in a way to be like a fulcrum of the offense, whereas Tristan Thompson absolutely would be a better pick-and-roll defender than Vooch. But I don't think that outweighs what Vooch would bring you offensively in a half-court setting where in the NBA, slows down or, or bogs down a little bit more in the playoffs and half-court probably becomes slightly more important than it does in the regular season. So I think that's why Vooch will be closing games outside of, like I said, maybe some offense-defense substitutions. Cody, Billy will have some decisions to make, though, especially with his rotation as... And of course, we want the... Lonzo Balls and Alex Caruso's of the world to come back as soon as possible. Patrick Williams will be back soon enough. But that will uh, mean decisions for him as far as how he uses players, how he's 
managing his rotation, et cetera, especially at the guard position. I think they're going to have uh, a player or two too many, right? Yep. And minutes were going to go down for, for Kobe White and Io DeSumo, certainly, I think. And I think that's, that's a really interesting question, too, right? Because Caruso's coming off the bench already if the Bulls are fully healthy as your number one guard off the bench, even though maybe one of the Bulls' best lineups this year has kind of been Caruso closing as the three or the four, something like that. DeMar usually slides down to power forward, but Caruso being in a closing lineup in like a three-guard lineup. So uh, he's still going to get a lot of minutes because he's so good defensively and gets the Bulls out in transition, but that will chip away a little bit at Io's time. Kobe's time there might come a time in the playoffs where Billy has to decide on some days like who's getting the main minutes off the bench for Io or Kobe and I think that could be really matchup based like Io's been the better all-around player but we've seen Kobe White like win games for the Bulls with this three-point shooting and like we've talked about this too a little bit like you could be tied 1-1 in a second round playoff series and Kobe could go off for seven three-pointers and basically win you a game that maybe you didn't deserve to win or it wasn't the best game for everyone else but also you got to probably have a quick leash with him putting him back on the bench if he is struggling shooting in the playoff setting because Io brings so much more um, defensively, for example, like when he can guard someone like Trey Young. So uh, I see those things um, being the decision. And like you said, the other one is how does Patrick Williams slot in minutes-wise? Billy uh, has been asked and didn't really say too much about what his role will be when he comes back. I, I would assume when he comes back, at first he would come back off the bench just just when he gets back healthy. But by the time the year ends and the playoffs start, they would have to decide whether to put him in the starting lineup. And it feels like to me, if he's, if he's playing well and feels good, I, it would trend that way because they need someone like Patrick Williams on offense, or excuse me, on defense to guard someone like Giannis on the other end. Um, guys like that, just a big bodied guy, someone like Kevin Durant in a playoff setting, like Patrick Williams physically is the best the Bulls can kind of trot out to hope to slow down or contain someone like that a little bit. And Javon, for the Bulls at, at power forward this year, he's just so undersized that I think um, Patrick Williams' size would really help the Bulls defensively uh, later in the year and as the playoffs roll around. Don't leave any of those six fouls in your pocket. Real quick before we let you go, Cody, I got a question for you about yeah. today's game. It, I don't think there's any chance. The Bulls suck against winning teams. The Grizzlies are one. The Heat on Monday or another. Tonight they'll play the Grizzlies, 645 airtime on the score. Is, I don't think there's any chance they would look at that this would be considered a trap game looking ahead to the Heat because they're a rival. Do you put emphasis on one or more of the other? If they, they're only going to win one game, do they need to beat the Heat because that matters more? The Grizz are kind of the Bulls of the West. How do you look yeah. at these next two games? Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're asking right now, I think I'd rather take a win over the Heat for confidence reasons because the Bulls could run into them. Uh, in the playoffs. I mean, depending how the seeds shake out, it's looking like these two teams will be around the top four somehow, but they could run into each other in the second round, certainly if uh, they they win first round series. And the Heat, look, the Heat blew the Bulls out in Miami earlier in the year when the Bulls had some COVID problems. The Heat won, I think, a three-point game at the United Center that, that they were in control of pretty much the whole night early in the season. Um, and they're a really tough team. So Anytime someone in your conference, yeah, I would hedge toward the Heat. I think you would learn more, and the Bulls might have a little bit more confidence because say what you will, I, I, I can't see – no one's betting on the Bulls and Grizzlies running into each other in the playoffs and both making the NBA Finals, but the Heat would be a team that you could definitely see the Bulls in a tough seven-game series against in the playoffs. So I think confidence-wise, if you had to pick one, I'd, I'd take the win Monday night, um, a team that you could see again, and a team that, look – I. 
I don't I don't want to say the Heat are a terrible matchup for the Bulls, but they did play better and out tough them a little bit the last time they're at the United Center. I, I don't think the Heat are. It, it doesn't feel like to me they're a team like Joel Embiid's just a nightmare matchup for the Bulls every time they play him. Like, it's like they have no chance to defend him. You don't nope. see that with the Heat. I think the Bulls can match up with the Heat, but the Heat, heat have got the best of them. All right, we'll look forward to it. We'll look forward to talking with you more. Cody, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Yep, appreciate right. it, guys. Cody Westerlund of The Score covers the Bulls. We're going to take a break when we come back. Ian Happ was on The Score this week. We have, uh, we're going to let you hear from him, and then Espo and I will talk about it. Steve Rosenblum and Mike Esposito, Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.